Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's trapped in a tiny doll. I'm Alex. When you encounter odd things in your life, there's only one thing to say. As many times as it takes, bitch. bitch. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season 6, Episode 9, Chapter 104, The Serpent Queen's Gambit. Now, before we get into it, uh, I've been dreading this all day, but here's a little bit of recap to get you caught up on what's going on on Riverdale. All all you have to do is think the recap and jug it and hear it. You don't need to do anything else. Oh, my God. Just uh, scream in your head and we'll be able to hear it. We'll get into it. This episode was... Britta is basically doing our podcast. I don't even know what we're doing. She's literally doing Oh, crud. She's uh, killing it, too. She did a great job. She did a great job. We'll get to that in a moment. So lots of stuff going on. The main thing that you need to know is that Archie, Betty, and Jughead have superpowers. Jughead can hear people's thoughts. Archie is super strong and invulnerable. And Betty can sense auras of evil and detect crimes off of that. Meanwhile, over no with... No questions, <laughs> no notes. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, over uh, with another supernatural goings-on, Cheryl has been inhabited by the spirit of her ancestor, Abigail Blossom, who was a bone to pick with Archie, Betty, and Jughead because their ancestors burnt her at the stake. Another ancestor you probably need to know about is Thomasina Tupas, who was Abigail's lover from back in the day. They were never really able to be together because of the times, but Abigail is very interested in Tony Topaz because of that. Now, speaking of Tony Topaz, Tony is together with Fangs and is co-parenting with Kevin Keller, who has mostly been taking care of baby Anthony. Kevin Keller also has signed up with his dad to join the police force. Now, Tony and Fangs, you probably already know this, but they're in the Southside Serpents, a gang who is always feuding with the ghoulies who are currently led by Twyla Twist. Also speaking of the police department, they have a new deputy who's working there named Percival Pickens. Percival Pickens seems to have some powers of his own and also picks a peck of pickled peppers. That didn't actually happen on the show, but it's going to happen at some point. Explosives. He is, he can also seem to coerce people with his mind and also was aware in the last episode that Jughead was listening into his thoughts and said some thoughts back at him. So he has some designs on Riverdale. Veronica also found out information on him, or rather lack of information, which is that he seems to have no past, no records, absolutely nothing. Nobody knows where he came from. And last episode, he got rid of the entire Riverdale homeless population against the wishes of Archie to 
Tony Tabitha, who works at uh, Pops and is dating Jughead. Uh, that actually doesn't play too much into this episode, but uh, mainly she works at Pops. That's the main thing you need to know about it here. She is also on the Council of Four, the people who are currently running Riverdale, along with Alice and Frank, who maybe are dating. We don't get a lot of clarification necessarily about it this episode. But Alice and Frank, we know, have already been kind of coerced by Percival. Kevin also seemingly has been coerced by Percival. And this gets into it a lot more this episode. Again, we don't know what his designs are other than the fact that he's British and clearly doesn't like Archie. Jumping over to Veronica, we mentioned earlier, Veronica is opening the Babylonium Casino with Reggie. They are co-running it and they have decided to do scams. Additionally, Reggie's dad. Scams, 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 scams. Reggie's dad has died or almost died a couple of times, but they have buried the hatchet in terms of their relationship and are moving forward from there. Uh, And uh, yeah, there you go. That's Ah. the main stuff that you need to know going into this episode. Oh, there's one more thing. There was a five episode event at the beginning of the season called Rivervale that took Mm -hmm. place in an alternate dark universe where a lot of supernatural things happened before we came back to the town of Rivervale for the currently running episodes where a bunch of dark supernatural stuff is happening. However, this is starting to tie together as we get to in this episode. As a headache happens. So as, it's like a mind headache for a couple seconds. Those are called thoughts, tr- Pete. Those are trying called to come Those to are thoughts. Those aren't <laughs> headaches. No, those are headaches. words. No, that, that, I think you're talking no, about emotions. It's good that you're having those thoughts. Yeah. This show is doing a season finale every week. Every, every week. week's a season every finale. Week cranking it out. I'll tell you what, specifically this episode, I loved it. And I loved it. Oh, this I has laughed been out loud a couple so many times. times. This yeah. is this is the episode I've loved the most since we've come back to Riverdale. And it was because it was giving me those vibes of like, what's the most Insanity. we could expect here? Let's go 20 to 50% more than that. Yeah, exactly. I had a great it up time. to 11 you hundred percent. Oh, we're all we were all like, wow, Rivervale's so crazy. I can't wait to get back to normal. And they're like Fuck you. Normal? No. <laughs> What's normal? That's not, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, no. And honestly, here's uh, here's us on this podcast. Ooh, Barchi, Bughead, what's going to happen? And they're like, forget about it. We're burning people at the stake under a blood moon, psychopaths. Buckle in. We don't do relationships anymore. We do group murder and we do mind control. And everybody's fine with it. They're all dating. We're not going to discuss it. We're just going to kind of move on here. But I, I love that. That's great. Like the stuff that we've been talking about all the time. And I, granted, next episode will probably wait, be back What to, were you saying is great? Are you saying the murder under the blood moon is great? Is that what you're going on well, record I love saying? the murder under the blood moon. I completely lost it as Cheryl slash Abigail as a ghoulie throwing a Molotov cocktail at oh Archie. Oh, my God. And then licking her teeth. Teeth. That was crazy. Honestly, Just two that was... seconds of madness, and then never again. Like it's never... I had to, that... I had to blink to make sure I wasn't imagining it. I had it to, was like I had to go back because I was like, wait. Is nobody going to say, I mean, later there was just a couple seconds of like, I know who Cheryl is, Betty. Well, this is. I know Cheryl when I see Cheryl with a cocktail. A couple of things. There's spikes. Man, I asked you to turn up your volume a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. Now, mistake. Should have thought about the content. Should have thought about the content. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I brought this up since we've come back to Riverdale, since we've introduced superpowers here. I've been a little iffy about introducing the supernatural into Riverdale. But to jump way into the middle of the episode... There's a scene here where the social worker is coming to Tony and saying, listen, we need to check on baby Anthony. We've had some complaints. Clearly, this is manipulation from Percival Pickens. But as we talked about with the thoughts, a.k.a. mind headaches, Tony (laughs) starts to see visions from stuff that happened in Rivervale, and they play out and shoot the scene the exact same way. And this was the point where I was like, okay, I see what they're kind of starting to go towards here. Oh, wait. Well, that the universes are starting to bleed together in some way. Maybe Tony has the power of seeing events across the multiverse or something like that. Maybe they're going to go that direction. But there's something about that where it's like, this is a beyond level of wild that I can get on board with. Wait, it's beyond you? No, 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 no. I'm saying like 
there was something about like uh, Archie got these powers from the explosion that was not enough. And now that we've got like, oh, oh, the full commitment, you're saying exactly. You love it. Yes, I love it. And just no. making it wild and unexpected because there were things about the choices of like Archie's invulnerable. I get it. He's always invulnerable. You abbed it up a little bit. Betty sees the evil in people. It's evil auras. Again, I get it. And even the Jughead hearing people's thoughts, like he's always yeah, the person they? in the background. He's the narrator. He's the person who's listening in on everybody all the time. But pushing into a level where it's like, no, we're heading to this crisis on infinite Riverdales type thing <laughs> is so far beyond that that I could get into. Exactly. It's like if you ordered a coffee, you were like, I'll just have a little sugar in there. And instead, the barista jammed a, an adrenaline shot in your heart. That's what this show yeah. is right now. And yeah. can they keep Pulp this up? Pulp you right in the middle of the coffee shop. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I will say that I think this was the episode that before the season even started, Cole Sprouse said, this is where it starts to ebb out and go out of control. And again, not to jump too far ahead, but the promo for the next episode, there's like right, don't spontaneous. Talk about the next episode spontaneous human combustion there's just a shot of like ashes and some feet and i was like this is great give me more uh i mean i i agree with you i like back there this is the ride this is the ride i want to be on this this is what you signed up for a hundred percent when when rivervale happened i i said this on the show a bunch of times i was like i love this i want more of this but i guess we gotta go back to school and eat our vegetables <laughs> no, with regular back. riverdale and they were like nope we yeah. ride here we go that <laughs> doll has abigail's soul in it and we no, locked it, it in a little cupboard no, and we put a little candle Ooh, up it sounds like no, pete's no, got no. a little theory over there yeah yeah no 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 that's all part of nana roses aka abigail Gail wants you to believe that's wow. in the doll. Pete but it's coming Nana. strong. And Nana's like, oh, I felt the doll move. That's what she wants you. Don't fall for Nana. You got an evil old lady in the corner and you're going to take her word for shit all of a sudden? You know she's been doing hidden fucking things underneath her breath the whole time. Why you believe in <laughs> Nana like she's being straight with you? Nana cut you while you sleep. Don't even fuck with Nana. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. You think, oh, Nana's telling the truth. Yeah, it's stuck in the ball. Doll, everybody just be cool now. Everything's fine. Uh, you know, every, everything's right where it needs to be. What's more believable, that a doll has an evil spirit in it or a woman who has a wild eye who's always saying the most <laughs> evil shit on the entire show? That's She's what I'm like, saying. what? Did she you can... talk to me? There's a murder <laughs> happening tonight. I can promise you that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Throw Abigail in there with Nana because you won't be able to tell the difference anyway. Bad. Okay, why don't we actually jump Sorry, back and start? Like, I love, we are clearly wound up. This is like, <laughs> we have been infected with the Riverdale energy, and I, I love it. Yeah. I Like Pete said, I laughed out loud so many times this episode. And again, like, that's the wavelength I want from Riverdale. I mean, not to, I do want to get into the plot. I do want to talk through the plot. But the Riverdale that I want is the Riverdale where once a year, People tweet out like some disgusting Phil McCloud is like, Betty and Archie have superpowers now. And everybody's like, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. I'm like, oh, you should see what happens on the other 41 minutes of the show. That's the headline, sucker. Read the article. (laughs) So top of the uh, one other thing that I'll mention about this episode that I thought was really good is how everybody crisscrossed and worked with each other. Uh, that was really nice. Just having like Jughead and Betty and Archie together just on oh, that basis yeah. was great. It was and nice. Super fun. I wanted more people in on those meetings. But yeah, it was nice to see people talking shit out a little bit. And instead of like letting Archie go and make decisions on his own, like, hey, let's talk about what's happening a little bit. And then, you know. Uh, yeah, it was real nice to kind of see that working together and especially, you know, getting Betty and Jughead in the same room. I mean, just makes sense. It feels OK. OK. The, I mean, the fa- I love that you're saying that, Pete, and I love that you got to see, um, I guess, technically Bughead occurred because yeah. they were in the same frame That's briefly. Right. That's but right. the fact that there is absolute zero discussion of oh, the- come on, the place is on fire. There's so many things going on. You can't you can't expect them to kind of like I don't oh. know. I mean, metaphorically, if you think about it, Betty makes Jughead throw up now. What? Right, Pete? 100 percent Think about she that. She makes him throw up. She makes him throw up. 
Oh my He's God. so grossed out by the thought. She saved his life. The don't, thought. Don't fuck with that. Of Betty. And let's, let's remember the order, no. the order she went to save those guys' lives in, Archie. And then later, well, like. Well, because you knew Art. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. And then, Archie, like, 15 to no 20 minutes later, check it. Like, what <laughs> happened was Betty was like, these scones are poison. She ran to save Archie. Then she was yeah, like, let's get no a quick scone. lunch. Let's get a quick lunch. <laughs> let's stop let's, by the shower. Oh, I, I have a, let's there? go to the shower real quick. I have to run some errands. And, um, oh, let's um, go uh, uh, check. Uh, let's check on every other aspect of our lives. And then I'm going to go drop by Jughead and say, hey, puke up this scone. I dead, do. Son. I love that whole sequence so much. And I, again, I know we're like not going through this in any particular no, order, but order at coming all, out of Archie, and he's like, the whole thing, the whole thing is gone. Was <laughs> crumbs all over his desk. Yeah, yeah so yeah. funny. Like Betty runs in, he's like, in front of him, and he like comes in, and there's crumbs everywhere. Like he broke it with his fist and was licking it up. Like that's how well, he naturally. Eats Archie doesn't know how to use scum. He's not British well, also, aristocracy over we, here. We got to back up the fucking truck there. We can't undercut Cheryl's entrance with the fucking kind of like cookies. <laughs> yeah, let's not red. do this out of order. That would be yeah, crazy. Yeah. I mean, come that on, that crazy. was a Cheryl entrance on top of a Cheryl entrance. There, I mean, the whole scones. You know, what, like, hey, scones for everybody. I'm going to go on a killing spree. It was hysterical. <laughs> what I want get is a bunch the, of killer scones, everybody. Get on board. I want the Cheryl shoulder ruffle expansion that happened in this episode. Every oh, in, yeah. time we saw her, her, like, shoulder poofs expanded, too. When f- finally Cheryl's back after Abigail has been put into wherever she is, uh, yeah. she, was, she was inside, like, a cotton ball. A red cotton ball of well, uh, that's why when you say that Abigail is when you say ruffles, I say fuck you. I'm taking it shoulder ruffles to a whole nother level. (laughs) Oh, okay, that's unrelated opinion from Pete. Except you said fuck you before that, but all right, whatever you want. Ooh, I love how we're I, excited about Cheryl's wardrobe to the point where we're like, the hey, wardrobe man. wardrobe was great. Oh, <laughs> my God. Amazing. The 100%. outfits were so great. The Ghoulies outfit was utterly fantastic. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so for awesome. 10 seconds. 10 seconds, but completely worth it. Standing out of room. The most insane the te- 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 ever. But the big ruffles at the end that Cheryl ostensibly had on made me think for a second, maybe that still is Abigail and maybe Cheryl is trapped to the doll potentially because she still does have the big ruffles. Yeah. I mean, they were like Cheryl and she just said, yes. I mean, Mm -hmm. it wasn't exactly proving it was Cheryl. I mean, granted she didn't ask for any butter or anything like that. So maybe it wasn't Abigail. (laughs) Well, and to talk about that storyline across the board, like absolutely intense Britta as the like side sort of, Robin to her Batman, but trying to like save Losing her, her mind. Is, yeah, was yeah. just great throughout. And no matter the fact that they dispensed with this storyline, like got Abigail out of Cheryl, we think so quickly, crazy. And I gotta say, I'm a hundred percent on board with Pete's theory that uh, Nana Rose is Abigail now because that's awesome. Because you know that she's going to try to get Thomasina into some uh, like other <laughs> old person that she wants to be with, and it's going to so like, go okay. down. Okay, so following – just to give a broad overview of the storyline, if people <laughs> got lost in the middle of the episode, um, Abigail, as we mentioned, is inside Cheryl. She's got two goals. One of them is she wants to resurrect Thomasina in Tony's body. So She just breaks some blood. Pricks her thumb with uh, with a rose, obviously. It takes a little bit of blood. Obby. Interestingly, that doesn't pay off, so I feel like we're going to see that come up in a later episode. But as we mentioned, she brings these poison scones to kill Betty, Archie, and Jughead. It doesn't work because Archie is invulnerable, and Betty does, I know I was joking about it before, but Betty does make Jughead throw up uh, to get the scone out of his body. Um, ultimately, Jughead goes to visit them and realizes when he talks to Britta because Britta thinks at him and goes right along with the fact that Jughead could hear thoughts. Uh, but they, they well, think she's being dealing influenced with by personal What you're pickings. dealing with with Cheryl and being possessed and all these things, somebody who can read thoughts is, you know, like, oh, this sure. is super helpful right now. Tracks. Thank you. It tracks. And of course, this is great. I can scream yeah. my thoughts and not get in trouble for saying them. I could just think them to you. Uh, that whole sequence is like, oh, I can't. I'll get caught if I say them. But I can think them at your face if that works for you. <laughs> Love that scene so much. Uh, Abigail 
is planning on switching Thomasina in for Tony at the Blood Moon. Instead, they use that ritual to burn Abigail at the stake again. And that's what ostensibly, but seemingly, puts her spirit in Julian the doll's body, which Natarose very confusingly brings to this ritual for no seeming yeah, reason. Not necessary. Unless, you don't need to bring that right. doll anywhere. Yeah. Imagine, imagine I show up to record this podcast and I'm just holding a giant doll. Like, <laughs> Creepy no, no giant comment. doll. Just no re- What? No what, reason. Guys? I just like to. It's like an well, accessory. Let me ask you this: yeah. If if. Abigail's spirit at the end of the storyline is inside Nana Rose. Why does <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this out loud? Why does Julian the doll's hair grow longer? Uh, great question, Alex. Thank you so much. It's <laughs> a great question. Uh, I love think the idea. About five I'm... years here to when we began this Riverdale podcast, and inevitably I knew we'd make it to this point where I asked about why a doll's hair grows longer. <laughs> why? Why that doll's hair so long? Alex says. <laughs> uh, fair point. I will say I feel like they could have just styled the doll a little bit, <laughs> just like brushed it out. Uh, My, I have two young children to, uh, and. They love to brush their dolls' hair out. My kids' dolls are so far not infected with evil spirits intent on murdering me and my friends, but <laughs> it could happen at any moment because That's I bring true. my work home with me. I bring my work home with me when it comes to this podcast. So you're saying that Julian had those beautiful straight red tresses underneath his sailor's hat the entire time? I feel like Julian's the kind of doll where you pull its arm and the hair grows. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> There was so much fun that was just said. I just want to make sure. Just so we're clear, Justin, you want to know if you mysteriously die, it's because of the dolls, right? You want to. Yes, and, yes. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. If, if and when I die, check my <laughs> murder dolls that my children have because it's a 50% check chance that's dolls. what happened. Okay, all right, cool, cool. I mean, I loved everything about where this ended up, but I don't think to the point that we're talking about we are done with the storyline by any means because you deal, still do have the dangling thing of Tony's blood that Abigail got. I still think like they brought that up so you know they could do the body switch at the blood moon ritual. But at the same time, her getting that blood, putting the handkerchief to the side still feels like a pointed thing out there. And also the fact that they're like, OK, whatever we do, we got to keep these candles lit. Otherwise, Abigail's going to escape. It's like there's more there. Well, also, Cheryl, they were like, all right, we have this doll safely behind glass. First off, I would have buried that doll in <laughs> cement you know, underneath the house. Put it on display. Only gonna, like, that's only going to beg, beg for questions. about like, hey, what's that doll over there? Can I look at it, touch it, also, open it up, respectfully, respectfully, Cheryl had her dead brother's body just sitting in the house for a couple of months, if not a year. So I think they're, they're okay with the doll. Blossoms um, like to show off their weird shit. But also, the fact that she established the rule, and if we don't keep this candle going, that doll's going to open up and release Abigail. I was like, well, you didn't need to say that. That doesn't also, need to be the rule. Cheryl's been having a hard time keeping candles lit to begin with. Like, this whole thing started because she couldn't keep the candle lit. Like, that, going back to the candle lit thing, I was like, what are you doing? That was a nightmare to begin with. Get some LEDs or something like that. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to keep that candle lit, and I know. I think we all know what that means. So, yes, this storyline is great, and uh, we talked about this a little bit with Rivervale, and I got this feeling over the past couple episodes as well, that Rivervale very much was the rest of the show got sucked into Cheryl's world, where her world in previous seasons always felt like this gothic insanity that is happening somewhere else on some other show. But I think that's why it's working here, too, because everything else is so heightened with the powers. Even if I wasn't initially on board with, like, Abigail's spirit is real and going and Cheryl and everybody's good with this, we're going to roll with it. By this point, that's where we are, and it's so much fun, it doesn't matter. I can't believe uh, that Britis are is still in this. Like, the fact that she didn't, like, run away screaming after the Jughead conversation is just, you know... I mean, uh, it, it, I guess it's kudos for her dedication to Cheryl. But, man, I, you know, things you do for friends, I guess. Um, yeah, that, well, that's the, the things you do for friends is basically the motto of this episode. Uh, but I don't want to steal Pete's thunder a little bit, but we got to talk about Betty in this episode. She is doing full Danny Glover. I'm getting too old for this shit. The entire episode. <laughs> 
Yeah, because she's wearing over shades. It. She is over it. Everything. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. We're, Jughead, go hear Cheryl's thoughts now because we got to get going here. And then building to the line that I said earlier when they're burning Cheryl to get Abigail out. And she says, "How many? you can't do this again. She's like, I'll do it as many times as it takes, bitch. I was like... <laughs> I lost. I grabbed it. my pearls. I, I grabbed my pearls. I started laughing out loud so hard. I was having a great time. We've at talked that about this on the podcast before. The B word is one of my least favorite words ever, but there is something about how Lily Reinhardt says it <laughs> that completely works every single time. Like it's the way that she hits the word. It's very funny, very fun, very over the top. Um, it was like an, an action movie tagline. It was perfect. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that was I couldn't believe that moment that we got was, to that point in this episode. It was it was classic Dark Betty, and what, it was what you know. It, it's what is great about this character: the fact that she says it like it's a Tuesday to her is unbelievable. Is it's just so. It's so great. And to see her like this, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like watching her play hungover for everything and then having to, like, take off her shades and say things, even though it hurts her, is just, it's, it's, it's really a lot of fun. That's so funny you say that. She it lo- looks hungover the entire episode. Hungover from just being on Riverdale, on Riverdale. essentially. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's too much. I will also give a shout out to I really liked how everybody kind of settles into their roles this episode. We've had this a little bit anyway, but Betty had that friction with Glenn sort of jockeying for control of the local FBI. But now that we're past that, now that we're past her training period, the idea of like, okay, we got to search for baby Anthony. Of course, Betty's in charge of this search. Of course, she's going to like put up the search board, direct everybody. I just think that's really good. Like, I liked seeing everybody in these roles. Same with, and this is jumping to another storyline, mind you, but the way Tabitha was used in this episode was so good. And it was so good to see her, like, being powerful, being purposeful, being in charge, using Pops as this hub and working with everybody to get shit done. I, I, You know, I don't mean to uh, step on your shoes here a little bit, but I disagree because I felt like the pee-pee in the corner shot was getting a little old where it was like they would just pan over and there'd be smiling pee-pee being like, hey, I'm behind this too. <laughs> you know, like no, I, I like it. I'm here for pee-pee. Pee-pee's a problem. Pee-pee is a, a huge problem. And if they don't deal with it, uh, you know, uh, it's going to overflow. Percival them. Pickens. Yeah. It's too much. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, you feel is, like there's pee-pee all over town and they have to yeah, get rid of the pee-pee-pee? It's just, you know, the fact that they're kind of casually being like, hey, it seems like this pee-pee is taking over everybody here. Everybody's into it. It doesn't seem like a good idea. So just to check, you're six years old. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, great. Let's be honest, five. <laughs> no, I love and Percival Pickens. I will go to bat for Percival no, Pickens. No, this is dumb. Just, hee-hee, it's me. I got the baby. Hee-hee, it's me behind Kevin. Hee-hee, it's me. Like, I get it, dude. Enough with the pee The way Chris O'Shea is playing this character is so yeah. good. I love every scene he's in. His delivery is, is perfection on every yeah. single line. Loving this I mean, movie. Everybody's I fine agree. with him being... On the council, on the sheriff's thing. Hey, oh, he's a cop. He's a thing. You know, like, you might as well put him working at the goddamn diner, too. It's uh, well, I, He's it's, winning. And I agree with Alex. I love Percival uh, as a villain. He is a great opposite of Hiram. And they even make that comparison at the end of the episode. Hiram was always, like, flexing and being like, I'm going to get you. And Percival is just quietly sitting back. And just Doing calmly taking things. over every horrible aspect of things. the town. Yeah, he's great. Now, let me throw this. They're, they're, they set up the mystery. The right, we got to talk there's, about. There's no, record of, there's no record of him. Yeah. What's the deal? What, what do we think? What's the deal? With Here's Percival? my theory. My theory is he's from Rivervale. That he actually, Ooh. he crossed over the universes because we that's established. That's why there's no record of him. That's why there's no record of him. He, uh, we already know that the two universes can't coexist or they'll both explode. So I think what he's trying to do is destroy Riverdale, like they establish, so that Rivervale can survive. 
potentially. Ooh, that's Ooh. that's very smart. But that I means, have a theory. That means the other Jughead's coming back then. The, the oh, I th- definitely think the other Jughead's coming Jughead. back. And I also think, just to, and then the I'm going to hear what you want to say, Justin, I think an alternate thing might not be like this heroic intention of saving River Val, but we already know that he's like a very Stephen King character, so he might yes. even more specifically be a Randall Flagg, somebody who walks between the universes and leaves destruction wherever he goes. That's great. I love that. The fact that they would would be able to bring Rivervale through in that villain way is so smart. And we even heard when we talked to uh, Roberto um, uh, that a character from Rivervale is going to cross over. The fact that it would, might be the villain that we hadn't met before that is awesome. But my theory is mm. that Percival is Toffee. <gasps> Where's Toffee? Whoa. Right here the whole time. Oh man, that would be nuts! And, it's and of course, Toffee like, needs revenge yeah. because he's been forgotten. You left me in a cat briefcase <laughs> for months, exactly. months, Patty. <laughs> and I was so happy there because of the eating in the front <laughs> and the pooping in the back, which is uh, the genius of a cat briefcase. The food in the by the mouth and the the uh, litter box by the butt. There's no way mention, to treat a cat. There's no way to treat a cat. While we're talking about this, the Paley Center uh, had a panel for Riverdale this past. Saturday, and there was a whole red carpet, and I was shocked, stunned, and disappointed. It seems like nobody on the red carpet asked about Toffee, asked about the cat briefcase, <laughs> didn't come up on the panel. That's Not one time? Up. It's messed up, is all I'm saying. Well, journalism is dead. People don't want to ask, oh are not asking God. the right questions. They're not yeah. asking the right questions. Oh Saw a lot of stuff about people being like, we talked about all the ships, and I was like, the only ship I wanted to know about is Toffee, the cat. Uh, being on a ship back home so he can see Betty again. You know, yeah, that's about right. That. My know. favorite relationship is Toffee and reality because right now they're not together. And I want, <laughs> I want Tuffality to come together. <laughs> uh, so uh, what other storylines can we talk about? While, while we're talking about uh, things that are a little separated, we can oh. probably talk about, yes, Pete. What? Well, I was going to say we didn't talk at all about the whole uh, – Reggie Veronica of it, but that's I know. what I was going to bring that's up. What he was going right. to say exactly. So Reggie and Veronica in this episode are running Babylonium. Reggie's Stamp. dad Stamp. comes by. Stamp. He's super interested in like being a high roller for a day and proceeds to lose seven thousand dollars. Veronica very mildly tries to shut him down, but as we find out by the end of the episode, Mister Mantle is dying. He has about a year or two left alive, and Reggie wants to treat him like a king while he's still alive. So despite the fact that he gives Way Mantle Motors. He sets up a deal with some wise guys for Mantle Motors the to be wise guys are the wise guys. They're oh the wisest God. guys. Oh my Those God. Guys. Those guys look like cartoons no. come to life. It no, I don't hysterical. understand that because the wise guys, that's the owl who sells potato chips, right? A hundred percent. But honestly, when they cut to that shot of those guys on, they looked, they all look like owls. They were like sitting there <laughs> at an Italian tablecloth table, eating Italian food, being like, hey, Welcome to our wise place. We're the wise guys. Yeah, some wise stuff to talk about. And that's what happens. They were at the restaurant, uh, Cuchita Sacasa, which is like Kitchen of My House, I think is the name. No doubt. And we got a lot of shots of that fireplace, which was very nice. It was very nice. Beautiful. So we do get the storyline. Uh, it actually deals with some emotional stuff in the middle of a crazy, wild episode. Pete, since you're curious to talk about this, what do you think about the Reggie Veronica stuff? Well, the, why I ho- I had hopes uh, that they were going to kind of like I was hoping that when Veronica brought this to Reggie and Reggie w- uh, was initial reaction was like "fuck you," you know what I mean, uh, for saying bad things about my father. You know, he was real quick, like, I have to look at this giant picture of your dad behind me all the time. And the guy tried to kill us all and murder the town, which fair point. But that was good. The the fact that he didn't kind of like hear Veronica's warning and then later had to kind of like hear it from her dad. Like, hey, hey, maybe you could talk to Veronica. And then he's like, OK, now I got to go back to Veronica. And the fact that she was like, see, I was right about your dad. I was really hoping for some. Reggie to kind of be able to be like, oh, you're right, Veronica. But instead he lashed out again, which uh, unfortunately, you know, happens in life. Sometimes you got to hear things over and over again. But uh, 
I did think that the way it ended with this kind of information and we see why Reggie doesn't care about his dad being reckless as fuck makes sense. But I'm hoping that it leads to, you know, I'm not pulling for Reggie and Veronica that much, but if they are going to be together, I want them to be good together. So, you know, I was hoping that they could kind of work things out. So it was, it was, I was a little sad to see them kind of go through some, uh, some tough times. Well, for me, I think it's interesting that we have Reggie and Veronica together, both in business and it seems like in a relationship. But yeah. We haven't actually been in that at all. It's just like they seem together, but all we see them do in this episode and many is fight and just like knock it along. So I want to see them be together a little bit before we get into these bickering things that, that push them apart. Because yeah. I like them as a couple. Me too. I really like them as well, and I think they work well together. But the fact that Veronica lied about Hiram to him before coming clean, and now we get Reggie lying about his dad before potentially coming clean in a future episode, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of tension happening in that relationship. Um, I was curious, this is a little bit of a side topic, but since you kind of touched on it, Justin... I was wondering what you think about the couples overall. Granted, as we talked about, there's not a lot of couple stuff necessarily in this episode, but what all of the, the couples fuck? seem very comfortable with each other right now. And yes. all the are f- in these like... What the fuck are you... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not talking to you, Pete. I'm talking to Justin. Yeah, I know. What the <laughs> Are you trying to tee him up for here? That's no, no, not, no, this is not tee him up. Hold on. We're having a normal just, conversation. Yeah, normal no, conversation. No, so, like all of the couples listen. are also like working together on various things. And I know you're a fan of these couples that are happening right now. You were very yes. critical of the same sort of thing with Jughead and Betty in previous seasons because you're like, they just have this working relationship. It's just like they're coworkers. So given that we do have mm. a sim, and I, I would always throw out that I like that. Like I thought yeah. their comfortability with each other was nice and refreshing, particularly for a teen show. Now that we're in adult years, now that we do have these couples that are in that coworker mode, sometimes literally, how are you feeling about that? Let me be honest. I want more kissing across mm. the board. More kisses. Uh, well, no, I, and uh, I, I do want more of the, the relationships because I really like these relationships. And previously yeah, but we you can't in, force something that isn't, Nice. It's, to not, see. it's not that. Well, here's yeah, here's I mean, where we it are. It seems we're, like we we're we're not getting. Pete, it for if you a want reason. me to queue up some traps for you, let me know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to trap me right now. Yeah. Um, that's journalism. Alex <laughs> is interviewing us both. Uh, I don't think you know what journalism means. What I think is, I we're journalists. No, Never we're take our our hats off. I swear. No. Um, so what I was saying was, uh, it, it, this show has moved into a phase where it's sort of like us. When we get on to record, we're not like, and my wife is doing this. Pete, you're, <laughs> we don't talk about all of our relationships because it's, it's taken for granted. I, I'm happy to. Let's bring it to the table. Yeah. Uh, you have you given your cat uh, his treat yet? It's almost six <laughs> o'clock. It's a she. How dare you, you fucking beans Sorry shit. to misgender your cat. I apologize. Yeah. Pete's um, pretty kitty. Gets her treat in two minutes. Give her that treat. If you don't give her that treat, yeah, it's going to be a big problem. Yeah, that's why I got to go soon, man. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. We got to wrap this up. In one minute, a cat is going to jump on Pete's face and start clawing his eyes out. <laughs> Where's I'm my Tommy. treat? Where's my fucking six o'clock treat? Uh, I'm glad we're threading Pete's cat <laughs> six o'clock treat through every uh, piece of content we create. I don't know, Judge. You're the one who thought that was funny. You've been not letting it die, so you got you it's, to blame. You, uh, I, in many things it's in my life, I got fault. me to blame. Yes, a hundred percent. But so what I'm saying is, like, I agree. The show has moved in this phase. I think there's just so much going on right now that it's hard to really sit into those relationships. But I do want more of that stuff. I want to really have them be happy in these relationships because I do love these pairings right now, and then get into how they got here. Like we have a core four scene, which we haven't had in, it feels like an eternity here. And they're only when um, Betty, Veronica and Jughead go to talk to, or Betty, uh, Archie and Jughead go to talk to Veronica and they only talk business. There's not even a a scant look to each other. Like, Oh, right. You guys are dating now. I'm here with Reggie in my casino that I own. Like we get, we get none of that. I do feel like to talk about that scene and some of the other Veronica stuff, it feels like we're, 
we got to be heading towards some sort of explosion with Veronica or something. She's so internal right now. She's holding so much in. Yeah. Particularly in the Reggie scenes where he'll come in and be like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing and let my dad continue to lose thousands and thousands of dollars. And the way Camila Mendez, to her credit, is playing it is like she looks like she's about to say something and that she composes herself and calms down. And she's like, OK, all right, I'll it's roll impressive. with this. I'll work with this. And every time they cut to her, she's about to, like, relax and have a cup of coffee or she's having a quiet moment with a drink. And then some other shit goes down and completely wrecks her day. So particularly when it comes to Veronica, I almost feel like she needs to blow up at Reggie. They need to have some sort of fight so that they can put it out all on the table and move past that as a couple. My prediction is we're going to – obviously there's so much – so many wild things going on. Yes, definitely work it out. I think we're going to get – they're going to get put in some like crazy situation. What? Like, oh, no. Show? We're Come trapped on. in – we're trapped in a mummy's tomb and the walls are slowly closing in and we, they've justified every aspect of that. And we're like, yes, they're in the mummy's tomb, just like we thought. And then that's when they're going to deal with all the relationship stuff. Yeah. You know, like it's going to be they're going to do it in the most Riverdale way possible where it's just like fully in the the moment. No, but I think if we are going with the mummy's tomb situation, I think what's going to happen yeah. is one of the mummies is going to kind of like just rise up and just kind of be like switch you you two switch partners. And then, <laughs> was that an Italian mummy? Instead of, hey, it's hey, hey, a mummy. I'm going to go over to Kachita Sukasa. Uh, I'm a wiser guy, mummy. I'm just uh, wrapped in the bandages. Like, well, we have hey. to do what the mummy says. So it looks like, you know, we should get the real ships back together. These are the bandages. This is just Don't pasta fazool I wrap myself <laughs> in. Hey, I'm a mummy. I'm a mummy. <laughs> Uh, what we barely talked about anything. Um, why don't? <laughs> That's true. What what did we? I'm completely lost in terms of what is going on and what we did and didn't I mean, talk about this episode. Oh, we should talk about know. the Tony stuff. We didn't talk about any of the Tony yeah, we gotta talk stuff. Yeah, the, yeah. the episode's called the Serpent Queen's Gambit, and we haven't discussed the Serpent Queen. What's up, Pete? Yeah, I mean the secret meetings. If you're holding a council meeting and you're not inviting people, I mean you're not really doing your job. But also the fact that, like, Tony had this kind of, like, badass monologue of, like, the things that she's done for this town and, like, how she is an important part of this was great. But the problem is you got the new pee-pee in the circle and, uh, you know, it just takes over everything so nobody cares anymore. And they're all voting her out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And uh, the fact that he was called the ma- male Mary Poppins was hysterical. Uh, well, on your secret meeting tip, Pete, it is hard to have a secret meeting where the entire town shows up except for Tony. Yeah. They're like, we're having a secret meeting that you're not invited to, and it's everyone else. Or that the, oh, you guys just missed the secret meeting that wrapped up. Yeah, guess what? Uh, we voted uh, Tony off. So, yeah, the next time, uh, maybe you try to make the next meeting. Well, that all said, I thought Vanessa Morgan was great in this episode as Tony. She got a ton of stuff to do. There were a lot of really good scenes. Like you said, her speech just sort of laying out her bona fides to everybody in the town was awesome. The move later on, uh, actually, just to take a little step back, her working with Tabitha, I thought was great. I love seeing the two of them work together and talk back and forth. When... Tabitha called her from Pops to be like, hey, they're having a secret meeting to kick you out. I was like, oh, uh, they talk to each other on the phone. I don't think we've seen that before. And I like that. And I like this friendship. And I like them working together on this stuff. Yeah, and also the the trap thing was uh, Mm -hmm. a huge phone call, too. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say as well, is like them, Tabitha giving the heads up about the turkey shoot and then the move of live streaming the thing brought like a serious dose of reality in the middle of a absolute wild storyline, but it worked. And I was very impressed. It was also, I think the word, the word I thought at that moment, Alex real quick, and then Pete, you can go is poignant. Mm. That move, that move in the middle of all such wild stuff happening felt so poignant and sharp and to cut through all of the things in this show that feel so out of reality to have that that sharp um, live streaming moment when the cops show up, I thought was uh, was amazing. I can't believe they pulled it off. 
Well, it was also really upsetting to hear like how cool Kevin was with the turkey shoot. He's like, oh, man, sucks I'm going to miss this turkey shoot. Uh, what are you talking about, Kev? Are you talking <laughs> about the part where the cops are just going to roll up and start shooting people? You think that's going to be fun, you fuck? Well, like, let's, well, let's talk about this for a second because this is something that – I can't tell whether it's bothering me or not, because I do think there's a very specific reason for it. But the two people who seem most affected by Percival right now are Kevin and Alice. And they are people that previously, particularly Kevin, have signed up for multiple cults. Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank, too, and also the entire town, mind you. But we've seen it the worst with Alice, who has been heartless the past two episodes to particularly to Tony, but also to pretty much everybody else. Uh, And then Kevin as well, the whole Turkey shoot thing uh, that very clearly comes out from Percival controlling his mind and coercing him to do these things. But the fact that we once again, particularly have Kevin in a place where he has lost his mind, he is being controlled and is doing these things uh, probably against his will, even if like there's a part of him deep down that wants to do things like take sole custody of baby Anthony. I don't think he's still a good person. So I don't think he really wants to do this. Percival is pushing him. It's so sad to see this happening once again with Kevin. Yeah, I I agree completely. And the fact that we've talked a lot about like give Kevin a storyline and now he's like a sort of a villain, but he, he yeah. even still he doesn't have intention or agency over himself. He's like a pawn, basically, is a bummer. Like he he is sad and bad and is actively harming the people in his life. We're not in his head. It's we don't know what he wants. It's, it's yeah, it's, so it, it's hard to watch. So and like maybe that's the point that this it, it really hits the emotion that like Kevin's being uh, manipulated for us, the viewer, but it, it is just, I think we want him to have power and agency in a real way, not this way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's also talk about Percival's plan because once again, I feel Some like, pee-pee? yeah, Pete, uh, and I'm sure you agree with this. There is some merit to his plan, right? What the fuck are you talking pee-pee? about? Yeah. Like last episode, he really cleaned up sketch alley and this episode, no, he, he got did rid not. of the ghoulies and there have been a lot of gang wars, if you remember in no, season two. No, let's talk about the, the real, the so, real. I don't know. I think he has some um, interesting ideas I'm sick for the of town, talking about and I think he has the I'm town's of, no best more pee pee talk. No more pee pee talk. Let's talk. You're about the, the one real, talking pee pee. No, let's talk about the real hero here. The the more guy. We got the great call. We got to see him a little bit. It was just Doctor Colonel Junior. You're goddamn right. Yes, I mean. Come what on. A, what a hero move for him. I love oh. that. What was the line that he used? He was like, hey, Betty, have you heard about the ghoulies slaughter? <laughs> Just job. perfectly done. Oh. Well, also like nine like body bags behind him. 50 yeah. minutes into the episode, and I was already like, this is utterly insane, this entire episode. It just keeps building and building. And then having Dr. Curdle show up at the end, I was like, yes, this is great. This is the cherry on top of the crazy Sunday. Exactly. I'm having a great exactly. time. Exactly. Do you think, given that everybody seems to slowly be getting powers, are we going to see Dr. Kirtle get a superpower as well? And if so, what might it be? Just always on the phone with Betty is his superpower. (laughs) That's the power I want him to have. He's just like, Betty, can I weigh in here? (laughs) (laughs) Betty, can you just walk around the town on speakerphone? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's not so much a power, though. I don't know. I guess it could be. If he could keep the phone charged, that's a power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what other moments of the episode? Because we have jumped all over the place here as yeah, we're working sorry. through it. Uh, I love the blood moon. This is a very specific thing. But every time they said the blood moon in my head, I was like, the blood moon rises once again, Link. You guys know that for Breath Ooh, of the Wild. Nice. Oh, nice. Wow. Yes. Okay. I got Horrible you. accent. Um, the Thanks. shot of the blood moon with behind Cheryl. Oh, sick. come on, uh, dude. That was then great. The, the, I don't know who it was or how the power worked, but it seemed like Cheryl was back because she had witch powers again and was able to control the wind, which we know Cheryl can do. Mm. The Wind Waker, as yeah. uh, Alex is referencing. There were, uh, I was referencing, Breath of the Wild, which is different than Wind Waker. I did want to say, overall, there were a bunch of really nice shots throughout this episode. Wind Waker, they're both good. They're both good games. I know. Well, I'm just saying that was in the world of what you were referencing. Oh, I, know I know the know, I know. fucking difference, Alex. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, there were a bunch of nice shots, like the Blood Moon shot with Cheryl Burning was great. There was even, like, little camera moves, like when Tabitha was getting on the phone, where there were just... 
it wasn't just a still shot. There was some movement to it, and I appreciated that. So overall, some good direction here. The Cheryl shot, yeah. that we, sorry, Abigail shot, where she's standing on the roof as well. Like oh the way that God. was shot. Come on, just so cool. Just very so fun cool. stuff. And the fact that they're pulling this off so late in and the run of Riverdale. We didn't even see, like... Archie wasn't like his clothes burnt. Like we didn't even see him like deal with that at all. It was just like a never. Cheryl threw a cocktail at me, guys. Yeah, you won't believe what just happened. He said that like my my milkshake at Pops is too chocolatey. (laughs) (laughs) I also like someone just hit me with a Molotov cocktail and I was on fire. All right, Archie, whatever. Betty's move with (laughs) Abigail then pulling off. Being like, oh, Archie died, and her crying and sobbing and chloroforming Abigail was really nice as well. Oh my just overall, I mean, like, nice, Betty right there. nice that's sharing of information, the way that this episode yes. was structured. Yeah. Yes, um, I thought I, that's script, why I like, yeah, everybody talk, everybody get on the same page, and then make moves as a team. Yeah, well, and that, the, but this... also just, like, the way that information rolled out. Like, we talked about the Reggie storyline, but holding back the fact that he already knew that his father was really sick until the end was really good. Having yeah. Betty know about that Archie was obviously alive, but Abigail not know that and using that to their advantage. It was just, it was a really well-structured, well-written, and well-directed episode. I think you're, and you're also complimenting the writing, and then let's give it up for the editors on this show, because that's not easy. The way they're able to compartmentalize that information, show us just the amount we need to see, um, like the Molotov cocktail scene. Honestly, Archie, when that Molotov cocktail hit, he was rolling around in it. He was like bingoing <laughs> in a funny smell on the lawn. He probably um, thought it, it was another poison scone he could eat, because it was so oh random. That moment with the poison scone... I don't know how they knew to heighten it to the point where it was both funny and good. Like, it wasn't like I was making fun of a laughing at a movie I don't like. It was like, so don't eat that scone. I already ate it. He was like Al Pacino. He was like naked and covered in it. It was just like ridiculous. Like, ah, what? You're like, I don't know if Archie's invulnerable it. or if he, he cookie monsters that thing. I don't yeah, think a bit did. of it went into his mouth. He just it smashed into his face. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably just how Archie eats everything. I a couple of lines that I wanted to shout out. I liked "Okay, relax, Professor Xavier." That was good. Just calling out the whole comic book X Men of it all. Very fun. And mutant powers. They said right before that, which I thought was like funny. Good, yeah. great ref. Uh, I think this was during the basket sequence where Abigail says "Dearest Jug Jug," which was very funny, like a classic Cheryl. Uh, Abigail line that was very fun. Also, her talking about taking a buttermilk bath was yeah. <laughs> crazy. That's expensive. That's a, it's just an expensive bath. Yeah. Let's oh, and the Twilight Tis line. I don't know why this is so funny to me, but it was so specific. Her saying to Tony, "See you at ten in front of the tuna fish warehouse on the docks." <laughs> that that's where they're yeah. gonna fight. Great stuff. I was really disappointed we didn't get a ghoulies, uh, you know, serpents battle royale because they were like, yeah, let's fight each other. Uh, I was kind of hoping. Eh, ghoulies have been wiped out a couple of times on this show. I think they're just going to be <laughs> yeah. just fine. The ghoulies will return. And let's remember, they're cannibals. They eat humans. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that forget that. Don't forget that part. Yes. Um, I wanted to, are there any other notes from the episode? Because there were a couple of things before we wrap up here I did want to bring up from the Pallyfest panel, but Justin, go ahead. Looks like you have The only other thing I wanted to say is I thought it was so funny when Cheryl is trying to poison them with the scones. We get a great, like, bad, bad thing, her walk-in moment. And the fact that they're at school where they work, like (laughs) a plot we haven't dealt with at all, that they all... Are teachers at the high school? I was like, right. They're all in their classrooms. And Betty teaches car stuff, I guess. Yeah. And shop. <laughs> she does a shop. She does a shop. Yeah. What yeah, are you? Shop. the show? Come on, man. First time um, watching it? I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Pete, any notes you want to call out before we move on here? Mm, I'm just kind of paging through my notes here. Uh, yeah, I'll start talking and then you'll great, remember great. one and interrupt me. So as mentioned, there was this Pally panel this past weekend. There was, of course, a lot of talk about ships. Uh, there was a funny thing that apparently happened where literally everybody was asking about Shoney. And I believe it was Roberto who was like, OK, message received. We get it. 
you guys want Shoney back. Uh, and then that apparently became a running joke throughout the entire thing. But a couple of bits of news that came out of here. Uh, one thing, this isn't a huge surprise given the direction of the storyline, but Sabrina Spellman is coming back later on this season. Yeah! So Great fingers news. crossed. It'll be a bulkier thing that happened the last time. Uh, also, we found out what the musical episode, at least in part, is going to be based on. It's actually going to be the American Psycho musical. Oh, which boy. Which book written by another, no, no other than uh, Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa. So I'm surprised they didn't do that sooner. There's also some hits and standards, I think, mixed in with some original songs, I believe, in American Psycho. So that should be right in Riverdale's wheelhouse. And Chris O'Shea, Percival Pickens, good old PP himself, looks just like Patrick Bateman. So that seems like that'll be a nice fit. And there's one other bit of news that made me personally lose my mind. I'm very excited about this. Um, apparently, they weren't supposed to reveal this news, but then Roberto went and said it anyway. Heather, Cheryl's first, not even girlfriend, but the first girl she liked, the one that made her realize maybe she was interested in girls is coming to town and is apparently going to have scenes with both Tony and Cheryl, potentially leading to some sort of jealous Tony, I would speculate, and maybe to the eventual Shoney reunion. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. My prediction is that's I feel like Roberto said that because of all the Shoney heat at the panel. And he, so he threw that that nugget out to the crowd. I think that's going to be the pivot point getting us back to Shoney. Alex, you're blushing. I am a little bit. I don't know. I also am very excited to see who they cast as Heather because I feel like there's been such anticipation about this character. Every time there's a new character who's going to in, uh, interact in any way with Cheryl, people are like, is it Heather? Is Heather coming? Is it going to be Heather? Yeah. So I feel like they have a real opportunity there to do some sort of stunt casting. Um, if they did cast somebody as Heather, I'll throw out one possibility that I don't think is going to happen because I believe she's shooting uh, you in London right now. But since they already uh, reused, uh, oh my gosh, at, wait, it wasn't Abigail, uh, Adeline Rudolph as Minerva earlier on this season, mm. bringing Tati Gabrielle, who played Prudence, I think would be a great Ooh, from oh, that's great. Prudence would yeah. be a great Love. call. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, probably not available, but I think somebody like that level would be a lot of fun to bring back. The, yeah, someone from the universe, um, I think would be great. The Cheryl line spoken like a true villain uh was a very interesting uh fun line that she had there. Yeah, and I think that also points to why we're not done with Abigail, as I think we're gonna see this storyline isn't done yet. She has she hasn't resolved her story arc, so I think we're going to see more of that. Before Agreed. we wrap up here, who was the MVP of this episode? Jo oh, Pete, you want to go first? Who was the MVP? Betty, all day, er, day. It was nice to have Dark Betty back. It just, oh, just, nah. yeah. And uh, yeah, you can stand next to Archie and it's fine because there's no chemistry there. <laughs> Once Jughead was in the room, the room was a lot brighter and people parked right the fuck up. So you tell me what's up. You're saying the chemistry when Jughead was barfing <laughs> in the bathroom? That was come out when the three of them were in the room. It's different. It's different. Um, I would not normally do this, but I got to go with Betty as well. She is us in this episode when she's just like, uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's go burn Cheryl to get the spirit of her dead ancestor out of her body and put it in a doll so I can get back home and solve the trash bag killer murder. Probably. Maybe someday. Uh, I I'm really torn here because there were a lot of great performances here. I kind of wow. want to give it up to Madeline patch just for that. Yeah. cocktail scene, but I'm going to give it up to Tony because I think she was great this episode. She was such a focus. We didn't talk about the jail scene too much or anything that went. We didn't mention anything that went on with Fangs at all. Yes. Uh, Scary that Fangs was on on the block to be murdered by by Cheryl Abigail, I thought was intense. But yes, yeah. Tony's speech about everything she's done for the town and the fact that she's a mother, I thought yeah. was awesome. I thought that was great. And I also thought, like, despite, just to mention the fag stuff very briefly, him hiding this cache of weapons, him going to jail, I thought the way that Tony dealt with all of that stuff was really good. And So was, it's, what's, what's the stash of weapons between friends and lovers? You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> 
I'm not what? saying I like the ship. I don't. But I think the way that Tony dealt with these situations was really good. Her emotion in the baby Anthony scenes was great. Uh, and particularly the last scene where Kevin says, I'm going to file for sole custody. Her Oof. reaction there, the crack in her voice, it got me choked up a little bit. So just really good work from I Vanessa just think Morgan across the board. She's going to, with all this going on, she's going to realize that like, She's in over her head a little bit, and what she needs is something insane to shake things up. That's when Cheryl's going to step right in and be like, oh, I can get you your baby back. Baby back, baby back, baby back. Your baby back? Yeah, I can get it for you. (laughs) Great. I'm glad we ended on that note. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. How long are we going to keep doing this podcast? As many times as it takes, bitch. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.